What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the After Effect Podcast Show. I'm your host, LeBron Stephan, but you can call me LBZ, L Boogie, Big Brian, 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 B, Brian, LB, Ronnie, the choice is yours. Welcome to episode 73. We have a very, very special guest. Harold Dalton is on the show today. Camden, New Jersey native, was a top recruit coming out of high school in, I believe, 2003 or four. From there, he decided to attend the University of Iowa, where he played safety and was a one-year starter. Uh, Harold resides in the Romeoville, Illinois state now. The I'm sorry, the Romeoville, Illinois area now. Uh, he's a district senior director at Target. Super, super, uber excited to get Harold on the show. Well, HD is what we call him. We were teammates in 2007 and 2008, my redshirt year and my redshirt freshman year, which was his senior year. So super excited to get HD on the show and have him talk about his career and, and his transition to the real world, the after effect of his career, right? So just send him the link. And once he jumps on, we will go in. My guy. What's good? What's good, LeBron? What's going on, man? Can you hear me? Oh, I sure can. Okay, okay. What's going on, man? It's good to see you, bro. It's great to see you too, my man. It's yes, great yes, to sir. see you. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you calling out of time, man. I know, you, I know you're super busy. Oh, man. Ain't too busy for you. <laughs> my dog, my dog. So, yeah, man, this is called the After Effect Podcast Show. I started it. Almost two years ago, it's my belief that all of us current and former athletes, we all have an after effect or aftershock from our career, the wins, the losses, the injuries, the politics, the racism, the nepotism, you know, everything that we go through as athletes, um, you know, I think that a lot of guys don't get to tell tell their stories, passionate about storytelling. So this is kind of a free and safe space for us to just kind of like relive our journey. This is episode 73. And what yes, I hear sir. a lot of what I hear from a lot of guys, especially guys that went to that are alumni from the University of Iowa, is they just never really dove back into their career. You know, life moves so fast. Um, and so they never really got the chance to talk about it, think about it. Uh so 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 this is that, man. I appreciate that's what's up, man. I appreciate uh I appreciate you having me on this and giving this me this opportunity. Uh us being foreign teammates, uh definitely was a grind. Uh I was a definite, definitely a different experience than what most athletes probably have experienced. Um, I, when I think about this, the staff and everything is a lot like the, probably what the Patriots is saying from just the atmosphere right. we have, man. Exactly. I, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, 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 definitely, man. So I always try to start off with, you know, just a couple of current events. So I just got two current events for you before we dive into this. I would, won't, won't try yes. to keep you too long. Um, you know, we got the division around this weekend. So who, who, who do you have? Uh, I see you got the Eagles. <laughs> I see you got the. Hey, bro, I'm still representing because I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. from South Jersey, from right, Camden, right, New Jersey. Right, yeah, y'all took a bad end last Saturday. So since, since y'all out of it, who, who you got taking it home? So I picked the Eagles to go all the way. Obviously, I was very biased, <laughs> and I, I a, a building year more than anything. But right. at the end of the, 
still pick my Eagles, but it didn't end up that way. But um, why, why, um, what, 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 what's your take on the loss last week? Why, what, what happened? You know, like it was a building year. And at the end of the day, man, like I knew that we, we, we outpaced what our expectations was. Right. And I, I think it was great coaching from coach uh, Sherriani. And I think Jalen had a great year and, um, I think we got a, a lot of young, great weapons on offense. Right. And when I think about the defense, I think we got some room to grow. And right. and the, to be honest, I think Jalen has some room to grow too. His true color showed out, like just timing, uh, right. getting the, uh, in a quick pace. And I think the man holds the ball a little bit too long. But the, the good thing is I think he's promising. He has a, good, a lot of good. Uh, he has a lot of good uh, opportunities to continue to grow. Yeah. Uh, but I tell you what, if, if they can get us Deshaun Watson, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. Yeah, yeah. Got- I, I was I was surprised that didn't you know no teams bit on on that earlier. It'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. I know they've been talking about you know Jalen got you all to the playoffs, but is he the quarterback of the future? You know what? Like, here's the deal. I think he he has the potential. I think he's been overlooked in his whole career path. You look at him and Tua of of what they're at today. I think talent perspective, it showed how great the receivers and the talent was around them that made them even better. But I definitely have uh, the potential to be great in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the key question was around Jalen. Do I think Jalen can be a franchise quarterback? Absolutely. I think he has... Uh, some room to grow, but what I love is his work ethic, his dedication to his game. Uh, he's uh, and he continues to get better every year. You look at stats this year. Yeah, it's not a lot. He, he put up he 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 put up Lamar Jackson stats this year. Uh, yeah, he he really, yeah, yeah. I, I saw he almost rushed for for one K. That's what I'm saying. So um, I think the potential's there, but I don't know if the the Eagles are committed to do what Baltimore is doing around Lamar to right. put type of offense around him. So right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that take. Obviously, I'm I'm a Cleveland guy, so I'm a Browns fan. Uh um not really a Baker fan. I'm I'm, I'm hoping they jail him, but he just got a surgery. And I think as as you know with the politics and ball, even if the coaches don't want him, if if, if the owner, if he if, if if the owner likes him, you know, they're gonna keep him. So I would love for them to go get Deshaun Watson in my dreams. I see them Dealing, dealing with Aaron Rodgers because you know after this year he may not stay in Green Bay, but <laughs> that probably. Won't I don't happen. know, bro. I don't I, like. I don't know. He's going to Cleveland after after uh, Green Bay <laughs> after all these years in Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> he may go a little more exotic. Uh, right, than, right, right. Warmer uh, palm trees. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got a lot of background noise around me. My kids is ripping and running around. My wife's screaming at the kids. It's a oh, lot yeah. going on in my household. But that's the dog household. That's that's the real effect right now. Oh, yeah. No, hey, no, no, no worries, man. I, I can't have my editor, editor edit out anything, man. Okay. Um, so, yeah, last thing, man. We are almost at the two-year mark of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, how did you find yourself having to grow uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you know, just as a man, as a husband, as a father, um, you know, since we've been alive, we've never had to walk through a coronavirus pandemic. We've never had to wear masks. The world has never shut down. Um, so us kind of walking through that for the first time almost two years ago, um, you know, how, what kind of deep dive did you take, you know, back into yourself, back into 
your wife, back into your family, and also, you know, your job, just, you know, keep a food on the table. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, man, uh, I'd tell you what, um, the, definitely the pandemic was like no other and it's still going on. And um, in the in-between of this pandemic, when we, we talk about um, from a life perspective, it definitely helped, you know, reassess what life is about, the importance of family time, the importance of connection with people, and having these moments like we're having today, right? And <laughs> I, your journey with this podcast, uh, I follow people on through social media and things like that. I'm not a big social media guy, but I do watch and observe. Mm -hmm. I think the importance of connection has been um, underestimated and we don't take enough time to slow down and have genuine connections with people. And it's taken me to the opportunity to you know, value these moments, mm. value these and exactly. make, I, I have intentional structure in front of me to make sure I have those moments with people I haven't connected with in a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, so those was important to me. Definitely. From a work perspective, man, the, the crazy thing is I got a promotion within this, with this time that I've, uh, since the pandemic mm -hmm. and I, um, so my, my, my background and my job worked for Target for the last 12 years, mm -hmm. uh, uh, I've climbed up the ranks. I was a store manager. Recently, I was a district senior director. I got this promotion. Now I'm running a multi-unit mm -hmm. job. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me in this time frame was, um, continue to self-evaluate yourself, mm -hmm. uh, self-reflections in this job and it's continued to push me to be the best person I can possibly be and I think the great thing is is that sports has put me in this position right of, you know self-evaluation always being critical amongst yourself mm -hmm. uh always pushing yourself to be your best self and um it's gotten me to this point where I'm running a multi-unit job and it's uh, a job I've never done before mm -hmm. and it's exciting, it's it's fulfilling, uh, but it's still that competition uh, that I've gotten through sports mm -hmm. that would need to be my best self. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, that you kind of honed in on the ladder that you have to climb, um, you know, with your job, because I did want, I wanted to touch on that kind of towards the end, but I'm glad you talked about it now. Um, where did that, where did, I mean, I know you alluded to football, and, you know, just, just that competitive mindset and just waking up every day and, you know, just going to get it no matter what turbulence or, or pitfalls you may run into roadblocks, you know, it's all, you know, that's just kind of how life is. Um, and what did that like steadfastness come to, to just continue to climb the ranks, uh, you know, at Target? And when you, when you first started, did you feel like you should have started higher? Did you, did you, was there any ego? Did you, did you have any time, you know, towards the beginning where, Maybe you thought maybe you wanted to go towards another company. Just kind of, you know, expound on that a little bit. Oh, uh, absolutely, man. Like, I think when I think about who I am as a human, I'm, I'm, a, I'm originally from Camden, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, where I'm from, nothing's handed to you. Right. And everything that you do, you work for. And that's part of the reason why I went to the University of Iowa. I thought uh, Iowa had a lot of stigma of who I was uh, as a human. Um, people ask me all the time, how the heck you end up in Iowa? It was part, part of that. But when you think about my journey, 
even through sports, I've worked my butt off to get opportunities that I had. I never was handed anything, uh, anything that I got. It was through um, me just working my butt off and self and pushing myself, bettering myself goals. Absolutely. And I think goal was the, the biggest thing for me is what helped me continue to climb up these ranks is that I never settled for where I was. And mm-hmm. I've always had a five-year plan mm-hmm. and you know, all the time, every time you put these goals out, you always hit them. And um, luckily that I've had the opportunity to hit these goals. Has it been roadblocks along the way? Absolutely. Uh, has it been um, things where I felt like I could have been moving faster along? Absolutely. But what I enjoy about my journey is more of the learning along the ways and uh, learning from others' mistakes and not make those same mistakes. Uh, right. When I get and right. when I do get these opportunities, continue to reevaluate myself to continue to get better. Right. And, and uh, so that's my journey with my target career. Uh, I started off uh, overnight, you know, coming out of Iowa, being this big sports athlete, never mm. thought I would work in an overnight job. Right. You know, uh, then I go from doing that to coming back day side and working my way up and all these people are telling me, man, you got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what potential is because my potential was big as me, just this game for exactly. my whole life. Right. And uh, a different language. <laughs> it's a different language, man. And the journey has been great. Uh, it's been tough. It's been hard. I've had uh, kids along the way. Uh, me and my wife uh, had our first kid uh, when we was in, in Iowa uh, I remember. As, as a dude. <laughs> As a, a junior, about to be senior, and now this dude, almost fifteen years old, man. It's it's been it's just it's just it's just been an amazing journey. Yeah, yeah, man. I I, I love that, man. I, I can test to to all that. You know, just continuing the fight and 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 climb that ladder, man. I love it. Um, so let's dive into his childhood. Camden, New Jersey native. Um, you know, not too far from Cleveland. I always kind of feel old when I say this, but you know, we <laughs> didn't have YouTube, and camera phones, and and all these electronics that the kids had now back in the 90s, you really, I feel like I always say it was a more interactive world. You had to be in the room and you had to make jokes and make friends and, and play outside all day. So the street lights came on. You know, you might you yep. might come in and grab some water or you might just get it from the hydrant. You know, you, yep. so we, we, we grew up a lot different than the kids now. So paint me a picture on what it was like in Camden, New Jersey. I always, every year, you know, those lists come out of the most dangerous cities. You always see Camden, St. Louis, Detroit, yep. Cleveland. It's literally always the same Chicago. It's the same cities, man. So paint me a picture on what it was like growing up in the 90s. Did you have any role models in your life? How were you able to navigate through, you know, just that inner city kind of workings and, you know, um, find joy in football and kind of start to excel in that? Man, that's a deep question right there, my friend. Of <laughs> uh, the question. Gosh. You know what? Uh, growing up in Camden, New Jersey, you know, back in the '90s is definitely different than what they're going through today. And you, you, you hit on a lot of marks around social media and all that good stuff. And uh, the stuff that uh, I would say, uh, unless it was on video, no one would believe. You, you know, <laughs> right. like no one believes you nowadays. Right. But 
I think growing up in Camden, New Jersey, it, it was an experience of of uh, uh, a typical inner city. Uh, it, you you see most of your friends that you grow up is not here today. Right. Uh, comes to being locked up or, or dead or 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 some or on drugs and, and all. I think what what continued to help me stay focused was sports. Um, but also, I was probably the, when I think about my, my inner circle of friends, I was the only one that had both parents, mm. both involved in my life. Yes, uh, Oh, very blessed, man. Both parents uh, continue to show me what hard work looks like and dedication and sacrificing for your family. And um, my best friend in life is my father. I tell people that he was the best wedding um and um he's my biggest hero my biggest role model but my mother is the hardest working woman i've ever met and she's a scorpio just like me and she's she's the backbone of our family and uh she taught me how to uh continue to push yourself to be great and don't allow people to say you can't do it and um I think that was the big thing for me is growing up uh, where you see a lot of death and violence and crime and, right. and um, it's easy for yourself to get wrapped up into some of those things. And oh, really? Be, it's right there. Oh, it's right there, man. And to be honest, I didn't make all the best decisions growing up as a kid, but I took what it took me, um, my high school coach, it's named Kevin Ross. He, he's, he's a DB coach right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was my high school, right? Uh, Kevin Ross, he's, he played for Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Uh, he's from New Jersey. Nice. He told me, I was probably about 15, right? And he's like, Harold, though, you can be whatever you want to be, but you keep with this temper, you're going to be dead or in jail, right? And I was like, what? It's like, not me. He's like, you are, look at these boys on the corner. The rate that you going in, you're going to be just like such and such. You know, he gave this guy his name. And he, this dude was a great athlete, incredible player. It's like, you'll be just like him. See, he, he sits out in his corner every single day. Nothing comes different. Nothing new. He doesn't travel the world. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. All he do is sit on that block every day. And after that message, man, that was the biggest wake-up call I've ever had in my life. It's about 15 years old. It's probably like sophomore year of high school. Um, and um, that's when I knew it was like, man, I gotta make a change. I gotta change my perspective. If he's if he's the person I, I, I respect the most told me this, uh, when it comes to my 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 athletic ability and my sports backgrounds, that's someone I really looked up to because I wanted to be just like him um that's when i knew i was like i gotta make a change man and from that point forward i, I dedicated myself to school uh, i dedicated myself to my craft and football um and i, I tried my best to be the, the best person i could be right. and or i had a lot of bumps uh <laughs> even <laughs> in iowa but i'm yeah. sure we'll oh yeah oh yeah we'll get to that um i think that a lot of times people just truly don't understand how important it is, you know, if you do have, you know, two parent household, my parents, they got divorced when I was 11, but my father stayed in my life and he taught me so many, so many meaningful and impactful 
things. Uh, and just like you, you know, I made some mistakes along the way. And growing up in the inner city, it's very easy to become a follower or just one or two times do something that's not the best choice just because you're following, you know, uh, someone else. But uh, one thing that he always told me, he kind of taught me how to assess people, like, you know, at a, at, a, at a young age. So he was like, you know, he, he would always say, you know, find people who have the same interests as you, as you. At the time, it was football, basketball. I excelled academically, always was on the honor roll. So he was like, find people who like football, who like basketball, who who have good sure. grades, who, who are in your classes, uh, you know. And so that was, it was easy for me to identify, like, okay, no, nah, this dude, he's on trash. <laughs> he's getting in trouble every day. And, right. then he, and then he said, and also watch the guys that, that get in trouble and do bad things. Watch if they have a consequence or not. Because if they don't have a consequence, mentally that's going to tell them that they can do something bad and they don't have to have a consequence for doing something bad. So they're yes, going to sir. grow up thinking that the world owes them something. And then when they get 16 or 18, they're going to do something bad. And they're going to think they don't have a consequence because it's different when you've grown. You that's true. Hell, or you do something to somebody, they may want to retaliate. You just never know. So at a young age, I was able to see that and kind of start to di distance myself. Like, you know, mm. you, you know, you still got to maneuver in any inner city, man. But absolutely being, being older, man, and kind of taking a deep dive back into that, um, that was really valuable. Like, and even still now as an adult, um, you know, working and just uh and, and socially as well, man. So I it's 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 I think we we're blessed, you know, you know that, that we have both parents, man. But I heard Absolutely. you talk about I heard you talk about high school. I heard you talk about your coach. Um, for any elite athlete, we all have a time. For me, it was tenth grade. Some people was eighth grade, twelfth grade. Jordan Bernstein, he knew he was elite in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah. So Jordan, Jordan, Jordan was a, that yeah, dude. Was a, yeah, yeah, he's a he, I, he, he's a machine. <laughs> so like. For you, when was that time in high school or middle school when you said when that light switch kind of hit on? Like for any of the athletes, we all know when that light switch hit on, you started realizing that you're faster than a lot of guys your age, that you got a little yes, more build and you're stronger than a lot of guys your age. And you start kind of like killing, dominating, having crazy games, getting accolades. For me, it was 10th grade. It was like, you know, I, I was I was starting varsity football and basketball. I started like getting making sack records and TFLs and just all these things. Then I, so that was the, when the lights was shut on, like, oh no. So I've been watching college football all in the nineties with my with my newspaper in front of the TV. My dad to go get McDonald's, got to sit on the floor with the newspaper and eat. And now it's like that lights was on like, oh no, I probably can actually really do this. <laughs> right. But that didn't happen for me till I was about 15, 16. So when would you say that time for you when it was like when that actually became a reality? Like Oh no! Yes. I could probably go play Division One football and go to college for free, and and you know uh, get to college. You know, obviously, because I'm sure you know your parents. You know, I know my parents couldn't afford it. So, uh, yes, uh, who's the time for you? You know what? Like to be honest, I always thought I was a, a pretty good athlete. You know, um, but the light didn't switch into this moment. Right? This is when I knew that, like, I had to be outside of the conversation that I had with my, my, my football coach, it was my, that same year I had that conversation with my football coaches when I got really serious and I always knew I was good. I, I started, I, I, I played on varsity as my freshman year, but I, you know what? Like, I thought that was just like normal, right? Like no one yeah. knew it was like, that's, they ain't normal, bro. You playing varsity, right? So I, <laughs> 
But um, it was when uh, my sophomore year and my dad talking about like what I want to do in my, my, like my future. And he was talking about like all this, cause in his career path, my, my grandfather, my, my dad, they all went to the army. We all were Marines, you know, yeah. Marines. And my dad was like, Hey, like, let's start talking about getting you into the Marines. Mm-hmm. What that's like. <laughs> college and all that i was like right. i was like whoa uh i don't know if i want to do all that bullets flying and like he's already giving me these crazy stories of his time when he was in yeah. nam all this stuff uh right. i'm like i don't i don't know about that and i was, and i told my dad and here's the reason why right so i pulled out this this the shoe box and it's just college letters after college letters after college letters right mm-hmm. look at I think all these teams want me to play football. Right. He was football. He's like, you good, but you ain't that good. I was like, well, <laughs> someone must think I'm this good. Cause right. I got all these, right? right? And at the time, my first offer came from um, um, Wyoming, bro. I don't remember mm-hmm. who the coach, nothing. I was like, Wyoming? I was like, what the <laughs> My first college offer in my life was from wow. Wyoming. Wow. As hell, right? Like, I don't yeah. know where that is. Yeah, mine's with uh, Miami, Ohio. <laughs> Miami, Ohio, right? But at least, at least, it was in Ohio, bro. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wyoming is random. <laughs> bro, I was like, what recruiter was there that day to see me play ball and say, hey, this dude can play for us, right? right? right. Uh, but my second offer was definitely from Rutgers. Uh, Greg Schiano was the coach back then. Um, then um, I tell you what, then the offers after like my ju- my junior my uh, sophomore season, my junior season, I had the best year I've ever had, and it just was flocking in. Right and up. I remember, oh man, the free coaches coming in, and uh, the cool part about it is that I went to a high school where it. D1 athlete after D1 athlete after D1 athlete. It was seven of us that went D1 to out of, it was 10 of us went D1 AA. Back now it's all changed, but it was, it was 10 of us that went D1 from my, my senior team, you know? And that was the coolest part about the journey of, uh, of football is like, uh, I didn't even realize how good I was. And I'm, I'm top player on the top player team. You know, ain't nothing but ballers on my team already. Right. And that's how I knew back then. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this game. I'm going to play this thing. And right. to be honest, I wasn't even there. I never even dreamed about playing in the NFL. NFL wasn't uh, uh, a thing for me. Uh, mm-hmm. It was about the college ball. And to be honest, I wanted to go to the U. That was that was the team I wanted to get to back yeah. back. Then. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I, yeah, I remember the early 2000s, you know, the U was like, and like everybody, everybody loved the U. So yeah, I, I felt the same way. Obviously, going to growing up in Ohio, Ohio State was was my number one. Um, yes, sir. But t- talk recruiting because for me, after I got a, you know a couple of spot offers in tenth grade, but then after that eleventh grade season, that's when they just start flooding. Like you said, you you hit yes. that stride and they just they just started coming through. Um, so just talk recruiting. Who was your top three? Um, what were you kind of thinking? And then ultimately, you know, why why the University of Iowa? <laughs> Bro, gosh, people tell me that all the time. Like, how you end up Iowa? So outside of the U, if it wasn't a, it, my top, my top two, it was University of Miami 
in Penn State, right? That was where I wanted to go. Right. Just probably Ohio State, right? Like Same, Penn State, yeah. Penn State was like the mecca of the East Coast. That's where you're gonna go to college and play college ball. You're gonna right. you're gonna go to State. State College. <laughs> college, right? But um to be honest, um they didn't recruit me heavy on. And it was a lot of schools that recruited me. And I think I was at like 26 or 27 offers my junior year. Um, but when it came down to my top, my top schools, um, Tennessee had a pipeline. Uh, Coach Phillip Farmer had a pipeline. And uh, a lot of guys was going there, going to the league. Turk McBride and um, uh, Rashad Baker was like, these was the, like the dudes in high school for my high school. They went to Tennessee. Uh, but mine was Tennessee, VTech, um, obviously Penn State, um, uh, Tennessee, VTech, Penn State, um, uh, Iowa, right? Uh, and that's because Daryl Wilson, uh, was, he was from, he was the head coach at my high school at one point. Uh, and then uh, my fifth school was right. Like we right. just go to Rutgers every week. It was there, right? Like, right, right there. Hang out with Triano, whatever. Um, so I took my my five. I took all five of my visits. Mm. Started off at Tennessee, and my boy Turk McBride was there, and he was telling me he's like, "Bro, you don't want to go here. It's, it's, it's racist. It's like you can't mess with the white girls." I was like, "What?" That's that's no. so real of him to tell you that. Yeah. That's real. crazy. Yeah. So he's because you know it's like that. So at some place, oh, it is right. Yeah. He's giving me like, nah, bro, you don't want to go here, right? So that Tennessee came off the list, right? Uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, the head coach still coming to the school or whatnot. Uh, uh, went to V Tech. V Tech. That's the Mike Vick era, right after, bro. Right after, Mark, right after. Vick, Marcus was my host. Man, wow. <laughs> Yo, that's dope. Crazy, right? Like, and this dude living in some old wild crib, right? Oh, like yeah, living just, like a king. <laughs> bro, he's like a thing. Marcus, they, just, they put Marcus like, oh, Marcus had like a thousand percent commitment rate, right? Like, you you, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Uh, uh, so I was, I I technically verbal committed after that visit, right? <laughs> kind of like, didn't really commit, but I verbally, right? Like, right. Um, then obviously I went to Rutgers, then, um, I wind up going, uh, uh to, to, uh, Indiana. I don't even know why, how that wind up happening. Mm -hmm. Um, then I went to Iowa last and I went down to Iowa city. I was like, wow, this is different. Mm -hmm. Atmosphere was different. Uh, I went to the game. It was Iowa, oh, three Iowa versus Penn state. Bob Sanders was knocking out everybody. I was like, this dude, <laughs> monster. I, I, I need to play like him, right? Right, right. And, uh, Albert Young was my host. And uh, AY was the mecca of New Jersey before. He was the running back. Yes. And he was the, the man. He was the man, I remember. Right? Like, the man coming out of New Jersey. So, AY, I was like, this dude, man, uh, had this extra swag. And he was showing me around. We had a blast that weekend. And, and the crazy part about it, it was just different, right? So I committed on my, on my, on my, <laughs> then I committed to Iowa. Like, this yeah. is it. This is where I need to be. And, and that makes sense. You had you got those New Jersey roots with, with 
Coach Wilson, Albert Young, the man, the running back, he's the guy right now. He's from Jersey. I know y'all yep. hit it off. Then you see Bob Sanders, somebody to play your position, going crazy, yeah. one of the best players in the country. He's about to leave. So it makes sense. <laughs> then they tell me, right, uh, Coach Wilson, tell me, you're the only safety we recruit this year. You know, plugging that in your brain. Right, you the right. only. That, 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 that recruiting malarkey is what I call the it. Malarkey, right? <laughs> they, they're funny, right? Like, uh, um, so, and, 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 and play into this, right? So going back to the whole recruiting thing, and I, I'll explain how I wound up really going to Iowa because I committed, but my parents wasn't 100% at first, right? So I come back okay. home. Um, I tell my parents I committed. It was like, whoa. One, they kept calling it Ohio for some reason. Uh, <laughs> they, we, they didn't even know where it was at on the map. You yeah, it's like I mean? 15 hours from Jersey, ain't it? 15, 16 hours. Yeah. And they kept, my, my parents kept calling it Ohio, uh, which was kept funny. They thought I was going to Ohio State, um, which I never got an offer from. Um, but, <laughs> but so, so Philip Former came to my house. Um, uh, Beamer came in my house. Uh, Joe Pa came at the end. Come on, bro. Like, come on, Joe. Then I got an offer from Miami at the end, bro. I was like, come on. I, as soon as I committed to Iowa, those those two schools came in, right? And yeah. uh, I heard I heard that's what happened when you commit. They they come last minute, try to get you to be committed. Go, yeah. They try to come out a boy, right? So Joe and Joe Pa already uh, already got uh, uh, Elijah Robinson, uh, one of my closest friends back then. Already committed Penn State. He wanted to be in a coach for Penn State. Now he's a Penn, uh, uh, D line coach, top D line coach for Texas A and M right now. But um, so, long story short, is that what what came, what made me come to Iowa? Kurt Ferentz came. He was the only coach, right? Every other coach wanted to meet me at the school. And you already knew I, in Camden, New Jersey. And where I live, it's the block. Like, yeah. you walk outside, it's like dudes it's on the, the corner. It's the trenches. Walking down the street, crackhead, yeah. you know, knocking on your window. It's wild, right? Yeah. And Kurt, 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 Kurt pulled up. <laughs> pulled up and walked in my front door. In yeah. my house, right? Yeah. And Kurt, uh, to be honest, Kurt talked nothing about football. All he talked about is that it'd be a shame on us if he doesn't get his degree. And he talked about the kids that got their degree has a longer career path in life. And the kids that get their degree when they do go to the NFL have a longer career. Um, and that's all he talked about, right? Then uh, Daryl Wilson was uh, my mom's cousin's best friend. It was just like her best friend growing up was like, Oh, right. you too too many ties, too many ties for you not to go there. It was too tight, too many ties. Albert Young, then uh, my boy Nye, Nye would play D O line. Mm -hmm. He committed. Uh, mm -hmm. Sean Green committed. Sean, me and Sean was like we we were the biggest like competitors growing up okay. in high school. Okay, and dope. Committing around me that I knew, so I was like, oh, right. James Towns, James Towns would commit. We so South Jersey boys was heavy. Albert Young, James Townsend, Sean Green, Nair, Amitri, myself. I was like, oh, all the South Jersey boys is here. Yeah. It's we take it's, it over. <laughs> we take it over. You know? yeah. uh, and and so, that's, that, that's my journey. My, my parents were like, he's going to take care of you. That's the only person that talked about your degree. And every other coach came in and said, if, if you wanted to get a degree, it's up to you. 
Mm-hmm. And um, that's the only school that talked about my future long-term and not about football. That's dope. That's dope, man. So <clears throat> one thing that I always feel like feel like gets lost in translation is that transition, right? You go from the inner city, you go from the, oh, okay. You go from the inner city of, of Camden, New Jersey. I go from the inner city of Cleveland. And you go, you know, to Iowa City, Iowa. And I think that we're so young, we don't really think about, I mean, we think about it because we were there, but we don't really, really we don't know the statistics. We go right. to Iowa City, Iowa, where it's a 98% white state. You got you got a very small percentage of people that look like us. So, yes. you know, we go there and for me, and you were there, um, I registered in 2007, and it took me months to feel comfortable when i got once i got to hillcrest and i moved in i wasn't used to getting on a campus school bus and a, a campus school school bus full of all white people and yeah. maybe maybe at one or two other black people that look like me you know and so they they know who you are because you're an athlete but you know you're still trying to just find your way and find your classes and you know you're trying to transition too so it took me months i didn't really get comfortable until probably like November, the end of the season. So how was the transition for you? I know you registered it, uh, you know, once you got on campus, was it hard? Did you, I know you had your boys, so they probably gave you a lot of game. And, you know, I had Arville and, and Derek and, and Chris Browder from Cleveland. So, you know, they kind of helped me out, but I still just kind of felt out of place. And to be honest, bro, I love, and I love being honest on my platform, I had never talked or had a conversation with, with a white female. Like, I just, it was so many new things happening. <laughs> so I, I, I felt like my, my twain, like, you know, some, some some women didn't really understand what I was trying to say, if I'm saying for show or talking some Ohio lingo. <laughs> so I t- it took me a couple of months to, to start to feel comfortable, even though, you know, I felt comfortable in, in the complex around the guys, but socially it was kind of, it took me some time. So kind of, kind of rehashed that. What was that? What was it? What was your transition like? The crazy part is, uh, Brown, like, man, you had a lot of similarities. You had a lot of boys around you that could help you feel comfortable. You had uh, uh, Dante and Arvell and Brad and, man, like, your, like your whole high school came to King. <laughs> it it felt like it at one time. Bruce came yeah, with up there. Uh, yeah. Even, uh, 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 what's his name, came uh, later on. Uh, Willie the after Willie. Us. Willie yeah. came later, right? My boy Willie came later, right? Like, <laughs> all you was there. Like, your whole yeah. high school. Right. And I, about like that South Jersey connection because crazy thing about South Jersey kids we all know each other we read the newspapers we follow each other and the crazy thing is play all those guys too right, right. So, you're right I think thinking about my freshman year um, coming into Iowa City red shirt and uh, being on a scout team and um, it was tough bro um, far away from home my girlfriend at the time was still in New Jersey. Um, I remember this is, uh, it, it was a tough transition. And and for me, from, and y'all dressed different in Ohio than we did in Jersey, right? Like filled with crazy baggy clothes. Yeah. Uh, 5XTs down to my freak kneecaps. I look back at these pictures like, what the hell we got on, right? Um, <laughs> and it's funny because we dressed like that too in high school, but my I was class 2007 in high school. We were like the first class where like 
the t-shirts, the smaller t-shirts from Walmart. Like we were like the first class that started wearing kind of smaller stuff. But Y'all did. if you saw me in 10th grade, 05, 9th grade, 04, I'm wearing big, big 4X tees, Jabot jeans, 4X, like <laughs> we yeah. dressed the same way, Tim's, Forces. And then we just started to transition to smaller clothes in 2007, 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We used to always mess with y'all, yo, Ohio boys. Like, Ohio boys got the tight clothes on. What's up? And it's funny. <laughs> Later on in my life, I dressed just like y'all, right? Right. <laughs> y'all. To be honest, y'all, y'all was setting the trend. Y'all don't even know it. Um, and um, yeah, so like baggy clothes, you know, like it was just different. <laughs> and, um, um, and I think the hardest part for me, and this is when I knew things was different, is that I get into class and um, the teacher bring up the syllabus or whatnot and oh, they're calling on kids. And this is a smaller class, not a big setting, calling on kids. And I'm looking around, they're like, they know the answers already, right? Like, how y'all know this? It's like, we just got this. <laughs> you know, like, we just got this. Right. I think the biggest part outside of socially was uh, educationally is even though I was, to be honest, I was top of my class in the city because uh, I've really focused on my education was super important to me, but I realized how far behind I was right. from, ed- and that hit me more than socially at the time because I felt like, whoa, I don't know if this is right for me. Right. I'm right. an inner city kid. I don't know if I had the uh, the, the education right. that I needed, right? To for me to be successful in this moment. And I remember talking to um uh, uh, my counselor or, or the the sports guys, what do they call it back then? Um advisors. All the, the advisors, right? The advisors mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh I would tell them it's like, man, like I think I need help. And here's a couple subjects I need help in. Uh, I never, like, I wrote a lot of papers in high school, but like, you really look at it, I probably patronized uh, a lot of my, back in high school. And like, now right. they have systems in place that you couldn't do that. You couldn't snip it without getting quotes and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. man, my, I, I wrote the way I talked. Right. And um, it was a big struggle for me to write a paper that, was grammatically correct mm-hmm. and being able to have the right punctuation that I knew that I needed. Right. And mm-hmm. um, my freshman year was super important that I was like, I need as many tutors as I can. And I didn't care how much I had. And the great thing is I'm glad I registered it because it gave me the opportunity to slow down. Exactly. And catch me, exactly. You know, because you and, don't have that extra semester. Yeah. Your fifth year. Yeah. Fifth year. Up and here's the crazy thing, LeBron's that I caught up really quick because I took my I, I I literally had uh until my my red shirt sophomore year continue to have tutors because I wanted it. The, the, the coaches and everybody, the, my my advisor said you don't need it no more. I say I want it. I want to keep it going because I want to graduate in four years. At the end Same of right. the day, I wanted to graduate in four years, and um I think that was my biggest struggle. And you think about. You're right. I've never been with a white girl. Uh, never hung out with white w- white girls. Right. Like mm-hmm. uh, the cool thing is, growing up in Camden, my little league years, I didn't play in the Camden leagues. I played in the suburban leagues growing okay. up because my dad wanted me to play for the suburban leagues because he wanted me to have uh, uh, 
the experience of, of people that's not like me in Camden. Mm -hmm. So I always played with teams that was mixed. Uh, so going from, from my background all the way through Little League, I always played with the mixed teams. Went to high school, only played with just the black teams. But, but it wasn't a big leap socially for me because of what my experience was growing up in Little League. Right, right, right. So you had those experiences to kind of draw from or pull from. Yes, sir. So it wasn't that wasn't as hard a transition socially because of that. Um, and I felt like I was a chameleon, man. I tell people all the time I I, I adapt to my surroundings and uh, whatever my surroundings is, uh, I'm going to continue to adjust. And I still do that today. And I think a lot of the background be going to Iowa. Uh, having what I did in the little league has helped me no matter what people's backgrounds is, uh, I can adapt, you know, uh, and that's going to the school that I went to. And you probably see a lot of that too, with yourself. Um, but that was the biggest struggle for me. It was more of the educational piece. Yeah. Because 100% was behind. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that take, man. Um, yeah, it was definitely, uh, more so socially for me, uh, I always, I, I didn't really struggle um, academically. Uh, so, yeah, man, talk about, you know, um, just that grind and how you kind of climbed the ladder as your college career started to kind of come into fruition. Um, you know, after that red shirt year, you know, you started, you start playing on special teams, your rest your freshman year, rest your sophomore year, but you eventually mold yourself into a starter, you know, yes. uh, in, in, in 2007. People don't really understand that process of redshirting and becoming a starter at the University of Iowa. <laughs> People don't understand how much work you do, how, how much work you put into your body, into your mind, that sure. consistency, that just not really making mistakes as far as being late to anything, anything. Woo! I mean, and, and let's just be honest, um, Black players kind of had a shorter string. You know, everybody got a string, we all players. But everybody know, you know, you, you make one bad decision, you, you only got your string only so long. So talk about just that, those years of kind of continuing to keep going and molding yourself uh, to a starter. My, my journey was similar. You know, I played behind All-American first-round pick, Adrian Claiborne. So I didn't start any games until my senior year. Didn't start getting meaningful snaps in big games till 2009, 2010. Um, right. So just that wherewithal, that staying power to just keep going when things aren't kind of going your way. Kind of just talk about that and kind of, kind of relive those years a little bit. You know what? Eventually you're going to stop going off. But um, I respect your grind, LeBron. And I never got a chance to tell you that, bro. Uh, your journey was extremely difficult. You always had the physique, the, the, the athleticness, and the politics. They could have put you on right like they right. they could have other side of adrian but mm -hmm. the politics was uh they had a guy that didn't look like adrian on the other stand mm -hmm. and Roderick was good too uh um, um and christian ballard was a monster also mm -hmm. uh but you could have played you had mike to, to be honest the crazy thing is that line in front of you they all went to the league didn't they every single one of them every was like <laughs> multi-year yeah, um, Adrian first, first round, Carl Kluge, fourth round, um, Ballard, fifth round. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had some freaks, man. I think that thinking about it now, if if I had played now, I think that they definitely would have 
Phil, Phil has a more innovative mind, so he would have stood me up. There's so many things they could have did with me even back then, but back then, as you know, they were so just old school and they didn't change anything. We didn't already blitz, just all those things. Um, you know, God bless the dead, but that's just Norm Parker. That's how he was. I, I think Phil has a more innovative mind, and that's why they make a lot more plays on defense, but that's neither here nor there, man. But I, I appreciate the flowers, man. But, but you know, back, back to you, just molding yourself until finally started. And uh, I'll get my ordeal about Phil because uh, it's still the same defense. I, I, I'm sitting there calling the plays all all day, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, but definitely still the same defense. Yeah. But um, Brian, they my, <laughs> so my journey was a lot like yours. So I I literally was on the scout team for three years, bro. Oh, so you was on scout Richards, freshman and Richard sophomore, sophomore. Redshirt year, freshman year again, in my sophomore year, right? Uh, I went from team to starter. That's a huge jump. I didn't go from too deep. <laughs> I barely played my, my redshirt sophomore year. Mm -hmm. I barely was special teams. I went from scout team to starter. So huge leap, right? Huge. But huge leap. Um. And uh, it goes into politics because I was balling on scout team. And they used to call me Rudy and all these kind of different names because <laughs> I butt off right. in practice, right? right? But, like, looking at my journey, my freshman year, knucklehead, right? Like, um, uh, always late to workouts. I was on that. I was pushing the wood all the time, bro. Like, you you know about that. you seen guys yeah. push maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> push that day all the time my fresh knucklehead and i remember my my freshman year we get to the bowl game we the, we win this outback bowl i mean uh a capital one bowl it's the catch with warren holloway it's the biggest thing ever right yeah that before that game before the game happened that the, the, we had dinner the the night before the game and i overslept mm. knucklehead again right like <laughs> over and the only one over so at the end of game speech of warren holloway uh uh, coach friends talk about, oh, we had a great week, yada, yada, outside of one knucklehead that didn't make it. In the winning speech, he talks after about After the game, it. after the game. After the game, bro. <laughs> one knucklehead, right? Wow. Right? I'm like, whoa. You, wait, I'm, you, I'm, you were late to the, to the breakfast? Or the what were you late to? The dinner. Oh, oh the, the dinner before you take the bus to the, to the stadium. The dinner, bro, right? Mm. Um, and I remember the like yesterday, one bowl game after we game, <laughs> last thrown, Drew Tate threw it down. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. the time's running out. This speech, he brings up me not making it to wow. dinner on time. I'm like, now, oh, I know no. your heart dropped. I'm done. I'm done, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. my, my career at this team is over, right? So, kind of goes back to why I probably was on scout team for like the next two years. Uh, but my sophomore year, I was like, all right, I was, I, I gained a bunch of weight. Wasn't fast as I used to be. Cause you know, you eating tea tape, you getting good food now. Right. It's not like when we were in the city. Oh yeah. Good, training table. A1. Training, all that, <laughs> I, 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 I'll plump up to like two ten, Right. And uh, Doyle was like, you need to be about 195. I was like, well, how the hell I'm going to lose weight? I just gained all this weight. I came in at 185, went up to 210, needed me to lose weight. 
Uh, so that offseason, I struggled at first. And my, my redshirt freshman year, struggle, struggle, struggle. Never got in the shape. That's preventing me. I, I, I had good practices, all that, but I was slow. I, I felt my I felt my body wasn't right where it needed to be. So my uh, red shirt sophomore year, I was like, I'm changing everything around me. I'm not eating fast food. I'm only eating healthy food that that night. Right. That spring ball, I balled. Right. I'm like, I'm about to be too deep. It's guaranteed. Right. Balling, having a good year. I'm like, all right. Come out, uh, summer summer camp. Come out, I have a good summer camp. I'm like, everybody's like, bro, you going? You gonna be too deep, bro? Like everybody <laughs> running too deep. Everybody dat me, bro. You in there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, roster come out for the first game. Uh, to who travels? Not on it. Can't get. Didn't get on the bus. Right? Didn't get on the bus. Uh, first week, I'm practicing with the scout team again. What 2007 or 2007? Oh uh, six. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh six. Uh, I'm on the I'm on the practice team again. Third year on campus. Third year on campus. At this point, I'm like, I'm out of here, bro. I'm, yeah. I'm telling yeah. my boy, yeah. transfer. I gotta get up out of here. This ain't for me, right? And I tell my dad this, and he was like, uh, If you come home, you ain't living with me, right? That's my dad telling me. What? Right. So where I live? Right. He's like, You ain't coming home. You better figure it out. And, and not to cut you off, just just, just a quick uh, snippet. People don't understand that now that the college athletes obviously have the transfer portal. Shit ain't going your way. Hop in the transfer portal. You ain't got to sit out a year. But back then, it was so different. Like you had to sit out a year. You you weren't really sure what what universities would be interested in you if you did leave. And also, I think it has something to do with how we grew up and how we were raised. It's like, oh, you 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 experienced some, some turbulence. You you experienced some. So stuff not going your way now. You gonna run now? So I think, right. I think you know, and and that was kind of the reason why I didn't leave either. I I, I just kept telling myself like, oh no, like, I'm experiencing this. This person don't believe in me. They, they, this person, my, my slate clean. They still hating on me. I'm gonna prove them wrong. So so yeah yeah. I, I just wanted to <laughs> make no, that quick right. caveat. That small caveat. It's a it's a huge caveat because you're right. Because kids will today will run. And I was thinking about it. And I talked to my parents. And to be honest, I looked into it. And if I wanted to transfer within the Big Ten, because like I said, Indiana uh, came out and Penn State came after me. I was like, when you look at it, in in, in, in Big Ten, it's a two-year, uh, you can't play for two years if you transfer in in oh, conference. Yeah. It did used to be like that. Yep. The two-year right. hiatus where you couldn't play. You it was one year if it was just Division One. You're right. One year just Division One. If you went down a level, is the only way you can play right away. And the coaches had to accept your transfer now coach friends could have said no i don't accept this transfer i was uh, ineligible if he mm. if he wanted to test it right crazy. and it used to be uh, so crazy i just watched the receiver from iowa transfer to purdue literally entered the transfer portal and a sign signed a scholarship to purdue like two weeks later that's crazy <laughs> don't gotta crazy. sit out gonna go play against iowa next year <laughs> bro if, I, if we had that out of dip back then right i'm gonna of be course. of course uh <laughs> I would have dipped because I didn't see myself playing, right? So right. Like I say I'm all right. So mid-season, I want to start traveling with the team and being a part of the journey and all that type stuff. And we playing Syracuse that year. I went up too deep. I don't know how the hell I end up too deep. Right? I'm in too deep finally. I'm like, oh, too deep, baby. <laughs> Syracuse went to like 13 overtimes. I don't remember how many we I remember I that was in that was in New York, right? In New York, in Syracuse, I right? I remember that. Yeah. 
uh, I, I backed up uh, Marcus Pascal. I was free safety at that time. I wound up going to strong safety. Uh, Marcus Pascal, something happened with his shoulder or something. He got hurt. He had a stinger or something, right? He's out for like 12 plays, something crazy like that, right? And I'm in there, right? There you are, in there. <laughs> I'm in the game, bro. Like, crazy. <laughs> It is wild, right? And yeah. uh, I'm in the game. I, I make a couple tackles. And coach, I make a couple weird mistakes, you know, like foot footing. And, you know, Coach Parker yeah. is very detailed. Right. And at the end of the day, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't jeopardize the team. I made plays. They didn't score while I was in. Mm-hmm. 12 plays, like, confidence. Yeah. That's when I like, I can – it's when I got in the game, I was like, it's just football. Still football, right. That's the first time I felt like, bro, it's just, I got in the game. It's like, these dudes, I, I tackle dudes, like, it don't even hurt. I'm like, this dude ain't bigger than me. <laughs> right, right. That's, it's just I mean, football. that's right. <laughs> that's the best thing, like, you know, going from high school to college, just getting that in-game experience. Obviously, we practice so hard, you know, at, at, at the University of Iowa, but just getting that in-game experience, man, it's, it's, it's invaluable. True. It, and you know Iowa is all about how you practice, how you play, right? Exactly. And I didn't understand that back then. Uh, practice was like it's practice right like we don't get that and um so going coming out of that year uh i still wasn't even too deep technically right the spring the spring came in i was i was still third and i don't remember who was over me um back then you know what uh bernstein was technically over me that year in Jordan Bernstein, Lance Tillerson was pushing me every day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two, and these dudes are better athletes than me, 100%, right? Lance was like 220. Uh, Rock Diesel, right? Bernie and was Bernie, 215, 220 coming two, in as a true freshman. And, and ran like a free, bro, right? Free. Like, yeah, he was a free. Crazy weight room. And the only difference is that I made less mistakes than him. And that year, I was all about film. My body was finally right. I felt faster. I was making plays in practice, and I felt confidence. My confidence was better, and I knew Jordan and 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 Lance was better than me, right? Like athletes, right? Like just mm-hmm. I seen their athletic ability, and I was like, all right, I gotta separate myself. And I remember uh, Miguel Merrick was uh, my my role model, right? Like mm-hmm. man who has he played the position before me. Mm-hmm. I called Miguel, right? Miguel hit me up like, bro, I don't care what they do force him to play right that's all he kept saying force him to play ball out every practice that's all miguel every weight room every rep i need you to win everything right and he hung up on me i was like miguel, what this thing just hung up on me uh <laughs> like bro that's all i gotta tell you right yeah. and uh i mean he gave me the full satisfaction of understanding that i had to do something different or mm-hmm. i was going to be same player right uh and i told miguel this way back in the day and the lights flip, bro. And that camp, I, I barely made a mistake. And every film coach it was saying, look at Dalton. He's sprinting every play. He's hustling every play. So this, 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 this. And I was still second string. Jordan, and, and Jordan Jordan was still young, uh, but he had all the athletic ability in the world. And that's why they wanted to play him, because they see his potential, right? Like, right. And, and Jordan wanted to get hurt. <clears throat> Some weird accident for Jordan. And uh, Lance was just like, Jordan, he was just young. He was making a lot of mistakes. I wasn't making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From scout team, bro, getting in just Syracuse game <laughs> to start it. Mm-hmm. Like that first game, 
Uh, we're playing Soldier Field, uh, Northern Illinois. Seven. I just great game, man. And my first nine games that year was just awesome. And I started feeling myself, to be honest. I started feeling myself in those last couple games that I had. Uh, we weren't. I didn't play up to my best potential, and I had some good games, some bad games. It was it was inconsistent, to be honest. Okay. Um, ending, and that's ending two thousand seven. 07. Fourth yeah, start yeah. every game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't miss a game. Uh, came out a couple plays. So oh eight. I remember we oh seven. We ended up being being six and six, right? Because remember yeah. we had that like week to two week period where we had to wait to see if we would get uh, picked for a bowl game. Yep. And I don't think you all, I don't think the seniors had to practice because, uh, nope. you know, you are in your last semester. But, yep. bro, when I say, <laughs> when Help. I say those practices, hell, I'm talking about three-hour practices. You know, they just Help. laid it on us because we had all this talent. We only ended up going six and six. So those practices were very hard. Good for me uh, going coming out of that redshirt year. But, yes, sir. yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh, they guys, those three years before that, right? Like yeah. that was yeah. me, right? And I, I remember y'all year coming in, man. Like y'all had the the best recruit. That was probably yeah, our Iowa's class was class, bro. How many people would say Here's that? Town. But like, <laughs> but Here's our town. class and 05, uh, you know, they had Moyaki and a lot of guys. But our class, mm-hmm. like, if everybody would have stayed together and everyone would stay there, like. Hands down, Brian Balaga, Mike Daniels, Marvin McNutt, <laughs> Desmond oh. Moses, Close, Morrow. Yeah, oh, bro. It's other players that wind up not. Ar- yeah, Arvell, you. Uh, People forget oh, Brian Balaga oh. was in my class because he was like the first lineman ever in Iowa history to do three and out. He literally did went there three years oh. and, and went first round. So, Kyle Calloway, y'all had y'all class. Um, 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 was Dan Dorn in y'all class? Uh, no, no, no. He was, uh, I think he was 05. But yeah, man. 05, that was competing. Those two classes was competing. Exactly, I was exactly. I was okay. Four, five okay. came out. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they were good, but y'all was better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from uh, 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 Florida, fullback. Yeah. Oh, um, um, Javon Pugh. Pugh, bro. Y'all had this <laughs> ball. Man, Pugh. <laughs> he came in. He came. He came in as a freshman, looking like an NFL running back, man. <laughs> Spencer, hold up, bro. Hold up, right? Five hundred easy. To go to COVID. Yeah, Javon was. I mean, y'all just had so many players, bro. He did. Um, he did. I forgot. I forgot but, about Javon. <laughs> that class. Uh, was Tyler in your class? Was Tyler your? Yep. Yep. Uh, so, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Wilson right? and Tyler Sash. Yeah. Yeah, God, exactly. uh, God bless the dead too, man. Um, oh. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, it was y'all a lot of us. It was a lot of us. <laughs> y'all class, 05. 05 was good, but y'all was better. I'm just going to yeah. be out there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The rankings was probably better 05 with, from what they said. But talent, I watched the players. Yeah. I watched y'all. Exactly. Uh, y'all was uh, – DJK, was DJK in your class? No, he was class before. He was 06. Oh, uh, okay. I'm just saying, yeah. y'all was breaking weight room records. As freshmen, yeah. I was like, what, what, what created these humans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we was different. We was different. And we was like, oh. we, we was competitors. I, I think that, I think that was really big too. We, we was competitors. We, we were competing in everything, man. So, bro, I remember, um, and this is when I knew, I was like, oh, I got to really push hard. 07, right? I started that whole year. 
and Sash was Sash was a good athlete. And I'll tell you how he wound up getting my spot, and we'll talk through that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I remember I'm running on kickoff. We're doing a kickoff drill. Adrian Claiborne and uh, 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 Ballard. Ballard next- kick return. No, this is kickoff, right? This oh, is okay, that okay. They're next okay, to yeah. me. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of these two, right? Yeah. And I'm, I'm about to show these dudes off, right? Like, I'm about to go get it on this one, right? You I'm thought you was. Ballard had the wheels. Bro! They all, yo, I look at Claiborne. It was like me and him was like this, bro. Like he was right there. I was like, this dude, like 290. Right. <laughs> and right Ballard there. was like shoes. He came in freshman year, 275, true freshman. But he would he could roll. I'm talking about four six, like roll when that turnover speed hit. He so Ballard was like, so Adrian was like this. Ballard was like right here. I was like, oh, I look on my shoulder, like, oh, this dude right here. Yeah, we like, as a freak athletes, man. Yeah, different. That's when I knew. And I, I was rolling that day. I felt <laughs> I got fast, right? Not fast enough, obviously. Um, so my senior year come, uh, I started the first I, four. Yeah, I, I'm about to say, like, before, you know, they made the switch. But, like, what was your mindset going into your senior year? I mean, because let's be honest, bro. Every team meeting, what do they talk about? Guys, they talk about super dope stories. They talk about guys starting off on the scout team. Becoming yep. a two-year starter, three-year starter. What do they always say? If you're a two-year starter or a three-year starter or a one-year starter, Iowa, you're essentially penciled in to the league. To you, 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 this, you at least get a shot. May not get drafted, but you at least get a, get a chance. So you already started one year. You're going into your second year. I know yes, in your sir. mind, you like, yo, this is this is my time. Let me let me go in here and dominate my senior year. It's my second year starting. And then, yes, you know, see, see what's going on with the league. So, like, that was your mindset going in there, into OA? 100%. Extremely confident, right? And um, spring ball, I ball. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I already know the plays. I'm, I'm making all the plays. And um, I'm having a great spring. I'm, I'm hitting, balling, tackling. I was like, yeah. you know. I remember. And I was like, good, good Lord, they moved Jordan the corner. I was like, thank you. Move him the corner because that dude was real. <laughs> <laughs> right. They didn't move him back to safety so our senior year. He, he started like eight games at safety and like had like 70 tackles. <laughs> oh, he was But when he, he moved the corner, I was like, thank God I got a shot still. All right. Because I was anybody was going to take my spot. It was Jordan, right? Like he, I was like, he was, he was different. He was flying, different. Right? Flying around. Thank God he, they moved him the corner. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so I'm going. I'm still going to start this year. And like I said, I got a little cocky my last couple games. So that was my motivation. It's like I'm not going to have what my last couple games was going to be what I was going right. for. I'd seen it. You know, I want to watch the film. Like, ugh, ugh, Harold. Like, you ain't playing in your best. You your first half. I I was starting second half. I was up and down. Right. Okay. And then I was like, this offseason, I am just. No fast food, no nothing. I'm just balling like I ain't Back going out, already yeah. drinking, none of that. I'm just committed to football. I graduated. I only had two, three classes. Football was my life. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. easy, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I knew it was where the black players had a short lease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we played a first first game against Maine, right? I make like two mistakes, right? Uh, I bid on a, a play action and they threw it over my head. They didn't score. Incomplete pass. 
And then it was like, I'm, from, I'm fighting with this guy. And we're wrestling, but the plays over there, he can tackle. It's like, I'm about to fight this guy. The whole film session, that's all he, right? It was like, we won the game against me. But it was, all the critique was around me, right? And I remember uh, me and Tay, me and Tay was close at that time because he was always my roommate for like games and stuff like, mm-hmm. tap me in the film room like, bro, like what's going on? Right. Like we, and right. you only make two mistakes. Why is he like on you right. like that, right? And, and, and you know, not to cut you off just real quick, being older now, being more mature, understanding how the world works. It was all, it was, was it not a ploy? They already knew what they were going to do. So they knew they were, they already knew what they were going to do. So, so, okay, you're going to go to this film session. You only made two mistakes. Okay. I'm going to harp on them to mind fuck him basically to make him think that, oh, he's like this terrible player. And now it's like my position is up in the air, but they already knew what they were going to do. And that's, and that's what, the, that's what I'm talking about, the political game. People don't, fans and people who are never in that room, they don't understand what these coaches do. It's deeper than football. But it's keep different. going. I'm sorry. So I, I, had, I had to get that out. You're 100%, bro. Like, yeah. I seen it right on the wall. And like I said, Tay seen it too. Like I said, Tay tapped me like, bro, like, what's going on? You, you, you're a baller. He kept saying, like, you're a baller. Don't let them say that shit to you, right? Tay, I'm like, bro, he a young boy at that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was like 19. <laughs> 19. I'm like, bro, I got to. I've been through this already. I'm good. I appreciate it. Yeah. He's like, no, nah, I don't like that. He was mad from me, right? Say, hey, say, Larry. Yeah, I, I had to tell you here. He, he, you know he went in. We was there about oh, three hours. I, I said, uh, <laughs> and, and Tay mad for me, bro. He was like, you, no, nah, I don't like that. I don't respect that. You, like, you the man, Harold. He, he pumping me up, right? He beat yeah. me up, right? And I was like, bro, I got no, no worries. I, I've been through this before. I know how Parker think is a part of the Parker's game, right? Like he right. never, Coach Parker never tell you how it is. He insinuates things and, and go around and, and never tell you how you really are, or where you at, where you stand. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, after that practice, that, that film session, went to Coach Parker's like, what's going on, man? Oh, we, we're, you know, we're always evaluating guys you know, we want to give everybody a good shot. And um, uh, I think Tyler deserved the shot. It's like, Tyler? So he, Tyler? I was like, what do you mean? Like, he never. At, at the time, I believe Sass was like fourth string, right? Or third or fourth. Like, he wasn't third, in the mix. He wasn't, he wasn't in the mix. He wasn't in a two deep. Um, um, uh, Brett Greenwood was the my, my free safety. Uh, but he was like fourth string. And much respect. God rest his soul. Tyler was an yeah, awesome yeah. That's um, a great, great guy. And it's not even really about him. It's just about it's the not, politics. Back to the politics, right? right. Uh, um, and you, like, I'm the only, uh, uh, I'm the only black safety. Bradley Fletcher was the corner. Amaris Bobby Spavay was the other corner. And Brett Greenwood, right? And like I said, at the end of the day, I, I played great. I played great that game. It was two, two, two plays, right? And I'm sitting there. I had to go back and watch the film. Like, what? What is he seeing? Like, what? What am I doing wrong? Like, right. I made plays and I, I made mistakes, and it's crazy. He graded me like an eighty-two or something crazy like that that game, and I was like, I'm looking at all the stats. It's like he's grading me on a foot. Uh, 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 if I put my foot wrong, he was just it was just regular weird. Yeah. Mark yeah. Against right on my scorecard because so weird. Minus. 
So what they used to give you after the game, you get a scorecard of like you mm-hmm. played, how yeah, you did. I remember, I got them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, you get the scorecard. I'm, I'm looking at my my results. I saw. I was like, I got, I got this. I, I took a picture of it. So I gotta keep watching this film to see what I was doing. So I was critical of myself. I said, like, all right, I, I see. I in my mind, like you just said, I told myself I had a bad game. Exactly. <laughs> so we practice coming. I'm starting a whole week. Tyler was second D. And um, it was like the third game of the season. And they come, Coach Ferentz come and say, hey, I want to talk to you. I was like, okay, Coach. He's like, hey, we're going to give Tyler a shot. It's like, why? What did I do wrong? We, we're 3-0. and <laughs> right. We're winning still. Like, right. what, why would you take me out of the I remember game? because we had beat Maine, Iowa State, and Florida International. Right? Yep. That year. Yeah, I remember. 3-0, bro. Like, there's no reason to pull me out the game. And um, they wind up playing. So they started taking my snaps a little bit in Iowa State games. Iowa State, yeah. Because I mean, uh, that was that's when Saz got his first pick, I think. Or first pick. Yeah, end zone. Yeah. Like, and, and here's still uh, the good thing about Tyler, he was always around the ball. He always got, and you look at my career path, I didn't get a lot of interceptions. I had a lot of tackles. I uh, didn't get a lot of interceptions, and things didn't happen the way it happened for him. And kudos to him. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much the end of my 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 starting career at Iowa yeah. um then my birthday my my 21st birthday I get uh, a, a public intox uh fight they call it never got in a fight 21st birthday uh we um we playing Illinois I didn't play so I went from starter to special teams started playing special teams yeah. started- oh, it's 2008 when they yeah your senior year when they had Rashad Mendenhall and Juice Williams oh. and all that. yeah they know the men hall was the year before. Oh, 07. Oh, oh, 07. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, wait. It was I, I at Illinois. At right. Illinois. Okay. Yeah, my, okay. My, my my junior year, we beat the, the Rose Bowl okay. team. We okay. beat that. Yeah. I had right. a great game. Yeah. Talking about that up oh, and down here. Oh, oh. So after that 08 Illinois game, you got a public insights. I don't remember that. Okay. So uh, Adrian was there. It was my 21st birthday. Adrian was there. Sean was there. Everything, right? So I get in an argument with my wife today and um, girlfriend back then. Uh, it was just a normal argument. It was not crazy, but oh boy, grab their ass, right? So I'm I'm arguing with him, like, bro, don't disrespect her. Never got in a fight, right? We're outside of this bar in Sycamore, because back then, uh, Coach Ferentz's son got a public intox that year. Um, same year, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Just got to mention, I get the same exact thing Exact same thing kicked off the team, right? And back to the story. Touch my girl ass. Uh, I'm upset about the situation. And I just approach the situation. I get tased from behind. From behind. Not fighting anybody, right? Never got in a fight. Never got in a fist fight. Argued, choked, nothing. Nothing. Nothing, right? And right, like I'm like, I get tased. I'm like, what the hell is that? I grab it. I look. It's just wired. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened, right? Yeah. And around, they're like, stop resisting. It hit me in the chest with the taser again. I go down. Zap me, right? And I look up. Everybody's like, what did he do? What did he do? He didn't do anything wrong. And um, I get arrested. Going down. I remember none of it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Go down to the police station. Don't know what happened. I don't know why I'm I'm in this car. Uh, And the cop told me out. I remember it was like yesterday, I get down to the police station. She's like, I was intimidated, man. You scared me. 
I was like, I scared you. You hazed me in my back, man. I wasn't even facing you. <laughs> what? And, and that's so typical, man. Don't know that. Don't know you from a can of paint. Haven't even chose to have make have a conversation with you. See, see who you are. See if you well spoken. See if you was brought up the right way. Just all off looks, man. And that's yeah. and that's the that's the part that people don't talk about about being a black man, especially in a you know in the community like that. That's and crazy. I. And uh, that happened like it was yesterday, and I feel, I still picture it in my mind. In my mind, it's like it was yesterday. And uh, once he found out who I was, he was like, "Man, I was Tim. I didn't even know it was you, Harold. I'm sorry, apologizing to me, right?" Wow. I was like, "I was like, I'm up here in in arms, like you just ruined my life, man. Like they don't understand. Uh, they don't understand, bro. Like like that, right? Like that yeah. life. And so, I was so so they you said they they." Um, parents teach off the team that year? Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, I got suspended indefinitely. Um, okay. And I, I approached Coach Friends like, your son got the same thing. Well, that's a different... He told me it was a different situation. That was his example. Uh, you need to work... That was a different situation. I was like, what? I was like, it's the exact same thing. Exact same thing. <laughs> exactly. Public right. and tops, right? And at the end of the day, that's all I got was a disorderly conduct in public and tops. I didn't, I wasn't fighting. He, they wind up dropping all those charges because I wasn't doing that. You know? All right, there he is. My bad, bro. Me, oh no, uh, you good? You good? I lost you for a sec, but we good. Bring this background. Crap. My fault. Right. My fault. Yeah, yeah, man. No, it's all good. So yeah. Just continue to unpack that. Like you said, you got the pro day. But before we talk yeah, about pro day, because we kind of skipped like the 08 season. And I, 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 some, some, well, not the full 08 season, but something big right now is, uh, you know, mental health, um, 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 depression, you know, yes, you know, black men understanding, you know, what therapy is and, and things like that. So just talk about your, your mindset after they made the switch, still having to go to class, um, um, you know, still having to be a, you, you were a new father at the time. Yes, so sir. still trying to like figure out life. If you could yeah. take a deep dive back into just navigating all those things, having to deal with all that stuff all at the same time. What, like, was you just taking a day at a time? I know you feel overwhelmed that like, you know what I mean? I know you wanted to maybe lash out or, or, or just go crazy on somebody. Like what, you know, like just kind of, Unpack those feels if you can, because I know that you know. Oh man, a long time ago. Uh, and you know what? Like, it's not. It, it's not. It doesn't feel like a long time ago, to, right. to be honest. The emotions is raw. Uh, it was raw for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, uh, and I'll talk about my afterlife journey of, of how I got to where I was. But in that moment, it was my darkest days, man, because I I knew, like you said, normally you get you're a starter for Iowa, you're gonna play in the league. Mm -hmm. or get a shot at least. at least and um and agents was coming after me after 07 i had all these agents coming after me agencies always calling me trying to think about like when i'm going to sign what i'm going to do what i'm going to do for the off season all that good stuff and mm -hmm. oh, oh like i said oh wait i knew i had an up and down oh like the end of the last three games was probably not my greatest games but i didn't have horrible games right like mm -hmm. but it wasn't great right and um, it was good though. Like we won most of those games, and I had a, a, 
I graded out pretty well still. Um, right. But it wasn't up to my standards of what I played early on in the season. That's why I felt that way. And <clears throat> when I th- think back about 08, man, like when it first when they first told me mad depression uh i was i was soaking every day feeling that bad that bad for myself mm-hmm. and that first that first game that i didn't start uh that was the uh when they started like pulling me out of the game is when i first started feeling like yeah that feeling hurt, yeah man. Right. hurt absolutely hurt and uh i felt like i was back in uh my 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 years where i was back in um, uh, playing scout ball because I, I felt that low where I felt like I'm back in that situation. I worked my butt off to get here. I just started 13 games, 14 games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have an injury that pulled me out. Um, and it was more around the politics of, like you said, they knew that they wanted to play a younger player mm-hmm. because he was going to have more potential long, long term than worrying about what I was performing at right now and and they felt like i've met hit my ceiling and he had the potential to continue to pass me and Mm -hmm. so they already made the decision back then it's like they were going to beat me up and and pull me out that game and uh you know what like mirror mitch king uh and 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 here's the the difference how my experience was with doyle versus the rest of everybody else right and that's why i never comment on how doyle made me feel Dual came up to me. I meant to ask, after, you, I meant to ask you that. Dual came up to me because um, uh, I've been into the system, man. I was all about the system. I didn't fight the target way. I was all in, right? Yeah. And that's it, those type guys. He, you were on his team. Exactly. My experience was different, right? Like a lot of other guys that they they questioned the system or didn't agree with their antics and mm-hmm. how they they treated you. Mm-hmm. Those are and- guys who had. The problems with concerns. Yeah. And we all know, and that's why I always tell people it's an individual, it's individually based because we all know Doyle had his guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had his guys, and he had and we, he also had his guys that he picked on. And you know, let's be yeah. honest. I, I I was one of his guys. You know, I, I yep. took pride in the weight room. I grew Me too. you know into a big ten player. Um, you know, and you know, out of that all that hard work, you can you can attest to that. But yes, sir. but I will be remiss not to admit that what we saw with our eyes, right? Oh, which was absolutely which was him literally, you knew that it was certain guys he didn't like. It is this complete disrespect every day, nitpicking. I mean, and so and I, I that's why Little I gestures. I, I made sure I was one of the guys that said something that came about I came out of talking about my experience because I'll be doing a disservice, you know, to the guys that did get mistreated by him at least. Oh yeah, I, 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 and I'm not saying that what he was didn't that he didn't do that. I just wasn't one of those guys. Right. Exactly. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I yeah. seen it. Uh, my boy Nye, he's called fat ass and and just just belittle him mm-hmm. and disrespect him all the time. And yeah. that's because Nye originally when he first came to Iowa with me, we came in the same class, same high school. Um, Nye wasn't bit in, bought into the target way. He wasn't bit into the the, the working, uh, the w- lifting weights. He, he was bigger guy, right? Mm-hmm. And later on in life, tar- uh, at the end of his career uh, at, uh, at Iowa, he tried to buy in, but it was too late. Though he right. had his stigma against him. You right. know what I'm saying? And he right. didn't get the respect that he needed. And he, exactly. 
when I look at pure talent, that dude should start, right? And he was too deep that whole same year that I started, he was too deep. We were in this together, like, bro. We in here, right? Right. right. Um, but uh going back, uh, I remember Doyle, and I was one of Doyle's guys. Just like I said, I bought into the system just like you, LeBron. I was all about the weight room, working my butt off. Anything I needed to do, I was extra in the weight. Those to kick me out the weight room. He's like, dog, you you're killing, you're killing your workout. He's always telling me, you're killing your workout, you're over, you're gonna overexent yourself. It's like, nah, bro, I'm gonna keep working because <laughs> <laughs> my time is now and right. I need I, like I'm about to take care of my family for life I'm in this yeah. weight room yeah you know um I remember Doyle coming up to me it's like you gotta get your head out your ass he, he's like you're a winner you're, you're a winner Harold and you gotta show coach French that you're a winner right um so after that co- uh conversation with coach Doyle is when um I got out my my feelings I said, you know what? Like, I may never play this game again a day in my life, bro. I'm going to just enjoy every moment, every, and, and uh, uh, I'm going to work my butt off at every practice, and I'm going to come with a bunch of energy at every, I'm an energy guy anyway, and I'm going to come with a bunch of energy at practice. And I remember mid season, uh, Mitch King come up to me and say, bro, if I was going through your situation, I would never be how you are. He's like, man, I got so much respect for you. Yeah. And I, re- I remember him calling the all players meetings and um, uh, Mitch Mitch came out and was like, man, we need more guys like Harold Dalton, right? And Mitch don't even know how much that meant to me, man, back mm-hmm. in the day and uh, how much it impacted me uh, mm-hmm. as, a, as a human because uh, mm-hmm. he didn't have to step up and stick up for me in that moment. And it was a players only meeting. It didn't even matter because the coaches didn't matter in that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he said that to me, man. And like that rest of that year, man, I came, I came in, worked my butt off. I wound up starting a couple more games because Sash had a couple uh, concussions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And every game we was in, I, we won. I had a graded really high still. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and up to that, that, that uh, Illinois game, um, that was probably my lowest and my low, um, getting kicked off the team, man. I had no direction. To be honest, uh, I was, uh, I dropped out of school. I, I, I already graduated. Oh, you had graduated. Okay. Oh, you had graduated that May. I graduated that May. And like I said, okay. I only had three classes. So yeah. I just stopped coming to school. I was, I was just in a really bad state Yeah. and going back to saying I wanted to go to pro day and they didn't let me work out with Doyle. I had to oh, work out so, my own. Wow. So they didn't allow you to train with Doyle for pro day. Why? I mean, did they say why? Because of what I, I was suspended. The situation? Yeah. So I, I went yeah, to pro that's day. Just, and that's just, you know, that's not setting you up for success. Because nope. everyone knows, Coach Ferris, coach in the NFL, what he says is king. You know, all the all you know, we all all thirty two teams always came on our pro day. If he, if he said, okay, man, you know, I understand you. I understand you made a mistake. You've been a real good program guy. Let me make sure you get the best training. You know, you give yep. yourself the best chance at pro day, and let's see if we can get you somewhere, right? Thanks instead, right? Instead, and that's the thing, man. Like, I think ah. Kirk Ferentz has definitely opened up now after. So many guys came out about their individual stories, man. But it just seemed like he was kind of cold back then, bro. Like, you know, what he I mean? was like cold, said, man. And like you said, like, um, black players just had a, a smaller leash, and it was like, 
it was like you make one mistake. It, it was there was no empathy. I could see if you make no three, four mistakes and you continue to mess up, but just no right. empathy. So yeah, I, I'm no really mistakes. sorry, you know, man to man, eyes to eye that you had to go through that, bro. Because and, and that's the thing, and that's why I love I'm glad I started this to rehash through these kind of things because a lot of that stuff I don't even remember because and that's what people I try to explain to fans, you know, whenever whenever the time is right that players we're so knee deep and entrenched in our own what we're going through trying to get on the field at that time in 08 i'm coming up my register year i'm trying to get on the field special teams whatever. Yes, sir. i'm trying to get stronger all that i was still on the red shirt lifting car in season yeah but i played heavyweights too yeah so heavyweights i'm always sore so i couldn't even really kind of be there for you and we was always cool you know we we, we would sit at the training table together make jokes all that yes sir um, but i was i was never even able to kind of be there for you kind of be that that shoulder because i'm 19 trying to figure my thing out like yes, it's just sir. like that's why it's like guys almost can't even really be there for each other like we should because yeah. we just trying to get through our our situation we're trying to make sure we stay afloat we don't mess up like yes it's, sir it's crazy and i, I can remember in 08 I got caught after curfew to get like Spoko or something like that. Yeah. But luckily, Miss Mitch King, <laughs> I was actually with Mitch. Right. <laughs> I was with right. Mitch at Spoko. So we got caught together with a couple other guys. Yep. So you was good. We had we we had to do like log rolls that Sunday, but <laughs> it, it was like I was good because Mitch got caught too. Was with Mitch. Mitch was the guy. Like, Mitch so, was the man. Yeah. Mitch yeah. was but the yeah, man. But yeah, man, I'm you know, I, it's it's crazy. It's, that's why I like kind of reliving these situations, man. Because people will, we don't get to do this. You know what I mean? No, no. This is this is great, man. And yeah. I, I've I've talked about this story with multiple people in my career path and my life path. I mean, and even career path. And people ask yeah. me what happened, what's the situation? Because if you Google me, the rest comes up, right? right. And um, I'm like, that's not real. That's fake. Right. Uh, that didn't happen. You know, I'm trying to defend myself. And at the end of the day, I got to the point where it's like, I don't care. I'll say, let's talk about it. You, you've seen it. Let's talk about it. Has I'm anyone ever asked you about that in an interview? No. Okay. No. okay. The good thing is it never came up from my work life um, uh, because I've represented myself very well, just being a hard worker and being about people and integrity and uh, and being always honest. I'm always upfront with people about the situation. I don't hide it. Um, if you want to talk about it, if you did want to talk about it, you can. Never came up on an interview or anything like that. And I remember, um, like it was yesterday, when I want because here's where I went wrong uh, more than anything with that particular situation is that I played guilty. I just wanted to go get it over with. Like, yeah, I'm guilty. Right. Public intoxication. I was guilty. I was drunk. It was my twenty right. first birthday. Yes, sir. You know. <laughs> uh, but but then people looked at it where it was. They, I wasn't smart about it. I was like, I wasn't trying to defend it because I was guilty. I was drunk in public. Yes, I was. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't help my case of when Coach Franz came out with the pro days. Like, you shouldn't have played guilty. It's like, but, uh, but I was drunk in public. That, that Your son was too. You know, um, yeah. it is what it is. And I guess they had the ability and the finances to fight it when I didn't. Right. You know? And, uh, and, and again, resources. They have the resources they understand that legal language to, to make yeah, sure he's out of it, to keep it under the public eye, to make sure there's there's no hindrance on his career. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, again, and, and, and that I was call the that difference. white. I call that white privilege. You know, it being, is very being honest, being straight up. You know what I mean? So 
that is very privileged. And uh, I'm not going to be ignorant to that. That was the privilege. And that was the difference. Yeah, and you look back yeah. at it, that's the difference. The only difference between his son and myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only Absolutely. difference. Absolutely, yeah. Two, two more and things, that was my, man. And in my career, man. Yeah, I, I'm about to say two more things. I know we've been on wax for a long time, man. Um, um, talk about the day. Was it like, for me, it was kind of like a transition, but it was still a day. It was. It was December 4th, 2017. Talk about the day you knew that you were done with the game, that you would never strap it up. I, I noticed um, because I was, I'm a dreamer, I'm a Pisces, man. So, you know, I didn't get, um, I didn't get any NFL opportunities after the draft, kept working out, kept training, ended up getting a few workouts, like tryouts that, that season. Then I played two years of arena football just to get some film that my agent could shop around, had a couple yeah. more workouts, but eventually, it just ultimately it never worked out. I never got I never got to stay in the building. I stepped in a few buildings, trained, wore the gear, but I never got to put on the helmet and actually compete. You know what I mean? Yeah. So talk yeah. about the day you knew you were done with the game. Was it was it a day? Was it a month? Was it a transition? Like like yeah, kind man. Of unpack that a little bit. Like a game of a 15 to 20 year relationship, well, 15 year relationship at the time that you had with football. It's well it, 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 it's yeah, over maybe with. 17. Yeah. yeah, I started football yeah. when I was six. Um, it was a long path, uh, 13, 14 years of playing ball. Um, Did you ever think about it or you was like, oh, no, I got a family to take care of? Let me. It was always the grind, man. I, yeah. I grind yeah. like you for a couple years. Uh, Kevin Ross, uh, like I said, he, he's the DB coach at, for the Buccaneers right now. Put me in a lot of positions to get opportunities. I, I worked out for a bunch of teams. Uh, I, I strapped on a helmet, but it was for a workout. Okay. <laughs> right? uh, uh, I, I strapped on a, uh, I, I was in San Francisco. I was in Cincinnati. Nice. Uh, uh, worked out for British Columbia. I thought I was going to uh, Canada, Canada football. Yeah, I, like, this yeah. I tried out uh, for almost all the CFL teams. I, I, I tried yeah, all, yeah, bro. You had to pay $150 to go track work out for them. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> right. Uh, Right. And um, I was like, y'all, I got to pay to work out. I was like, that's wild. <laughs> right. um, so Try I did all that. All that. Yeah. Was it like a day? Did you just kind of ease into what, it? Every, heart? every GM that I worked out for always brought up that situation. Um, what happened? You know, are you a bad guy? Like, I know where you're from. Like, they were asking me some crazy, crazy questions. Like, right. you, like, um, uh, we gave you a million dollars. Will you be a drug dealer? Like what? Um, crazy questions like that, right? Wow, yeah. Is where I'm from. I was like, man, I, I am. I am not an epitome of my environment. Uh, I've been a model citizen at, at, at Iowa versus this one situation, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna allow y'all uh, to, to to put you know slander on my name and my my father's name, and I'm named after my father. Exactly. And uh, I think it's really important that people understand that. Um, you're going to go through situations in life and, and and don't allow these GMs and these personnel people to put a perspective on who they think you are based off of what happened in your past. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you to continue to move forward. And um, um, it was 2009. Uh, pre, it was summertime 2009 where I was like, I'm done. And, and and the reason why I knew I was done, it was like the game ain't giving me back the love that I'm putting into it. Right. And the grind is hard. And I, I'm not getting the looks that I truly could. And I could do, I, 
like I looked at arena and all that. And I, to be honest, I was more around like, if I'm going to put my body into this, this atmosphere, I got to be compensated for it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why for me, after that second year, I didn't even get through the whole season. I played 10 games. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm like, you just don't get compensated enough for the risk that you're taking. Yes. You know, out, out yes, sir. Yeah. yes, sir. Definitely and that's when I knew I was done, man. And uh, like I said, I, uh, I was at my all-time low, uh, the most depressed I've ever been in my life. Um, I didn't have no identity. My whole identity was football. Identity I went through the same thing, bro. It's crazy, right? Like, I didn't know who I was. And working a nine-to-five, I was like, nine-to-five? What a job, like a regular person? Uh, I never, I didn't know what that mean. You know, I right. never really did it. You know, I worked summer jobs and stuff like that. But even my summer jobs, it's like, oh, you ain't got to work that Harold Harold. You know what I mean? Right. You just go get, get this chat. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty much how it was. Right. So when I first uh, started working for Target, overnight logistics, I'm working from 10, 10 to 9, identity, I, I mean, I didn't know who I was. Right. And working overnight, you, you eat weird. I lost a ton of weight right away, right? And uh, I remember going home, my parents, like, are you okay? Like, you lost so much <laughs> weight? You went to this big muscular guy, to right. this really sl slim guy? And I told him, it's like, I'm in a dark place. Um, I don't know who I am. Don't don't know what I want to do. Right. I don't even know if this is right for me. Right. Um, and um, my boss at that time um, gave me a real perspective around like that was a glimpse of your life. And his name's Kurt Grable. Um, he was like, "This is this is a glimpse of your life. This is not who you are, um, and uh, you got a bright future in front of you. So." Um, keep grinding and you can do whatever you want to do with this company. And uh, since that, man, he's been my, my, I tell people all the time, he's a big impact in my life. Don't look like me. Um, older white guy, probably the best, one of the best, and I had a lot of good bosses at, at this company that I'm at. Best, best boss I've had uh, when it came to me being in my most vulnerable place. Right. Right. And that small conversation that he had with me, and obviously my father had a lot of great conversations with me in the, in the in between, but he don't know how much of an impact that made on me in that moment. Um, and and people don't understand, like, people don't understand, not to cut you off, when you're in oh, that you're good, vulnerable state and you've done, you've got, you've had all these accomplishments and you've done so many great things. When you're in that vulnerable state, something really small can either ascend you it sends you up like 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 in your case or yes, it, sir. Could, it could it could inspire diminish you, you or yes. spiral you even down the further down into that second yes place. When you're in that when you're in that vulnerable space man so I'm, that's super dope and i'm glad that you were able to experience that one small little caveat of of, of statement that was able yes to that where you was able to ascend so that, that's, that's yes, great sir. and when you think about mental health um and what has helped me with that particular portion because man I, I, after that i still had a lot of days where i'm tearing up and yeah. stressed out and wish that day never happened to me and right. at the end of the day that's a part of my life I, like that happened right it, it is right. what it is right. uh i remember that day when i got tased like yesterday i remember pulling it out of my back um but that doesn't define me that doesn't define you that doesn't define any of us we are just this, this is a glimpse of our life and don't 
allow sports to be everything who you are. It's a, it's a portion of your life, not who you are as a human. And the, mm-hmm. the better we find that out as humans, that that's just a part of who we are that made us who we are today and not right. who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, the better you'll be able to cope with it because we we put so much on ourselves because we want to be there, the provider for our family, get our mom out of the out of the hood and all that. You don't have to play sports to do that. It's so many other revenues and opportunities in the learning about exactly. finance, money, portfolios, all that stuff that's going to help you transcend to a great human being. And even what you doing, LeBron, like this is amazing, bro. Like. I told you, you, man. I appreciate when it. you asked me this, I was like, bro, I've been watching you for, for a while, man. I, I've watched a <laughs> bunch of these, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a couple of uh, uh, female athletes on this, and like, yes, it's sir. just cool what you're doing, man. Yes, sir. And um, uh, even in your little, you, you went through this little movie thing I seen a commercial. You was doing something. I was like, I don't know what he's doing, but he he always trying. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate this opportunity. I really do. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I appreciate it, um, and. It's funny that you brought that up. Um, when I was going through my identity crisis in 2017-18, after I knew I was done playing, I had to take a deep dive and and figure out what brought me joy other than yeah. football. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, because yes, I, started, I, start, I started playing at eight, and at 27, I was done. So, um, you know, diving just in my childhood, I, I, was, I used to do creative arts things. Like, I was, like, in a dance group, like, acting plays. When, like spelling bees and stuff like that. So that's kind of what got me in the storytelling space. And it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. If I'm hosting a podcast, this is dope because we're telling our authentic stories. We're not yes, acting sir. or writing anything fictional. These are real things that happen in real time. Um, yes, sir. Hey, I'm still auditioning. You know, I, I, I book a small little commercial here and there, you know. Uh, I see you, bro. I'll be but it's all, you, it's all fun. It's all fun, man. It's, um, um, that, that's what brings me joy. And I think when I first got into the space, a lot of former athletes like ourselves, like, oh, oh Brian, I feel like, or oh, he, like, he hosted a podcast. You know, some people thought it was weird. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. because most of us, you know, we get in, we get in with a great company, and and we start our family and things like that, man. So people just, I guess, they didn't really speak the language. Um, and so that's kind of what I learned through football too: is just authentically be yourself. Whatever you're yes, passionate sir. about, whatever brings you joy. I mean, I still, I work a corporate job now. I'm a coding manager. Um, but this is what brings me joy. So, like, I knew we had this interview tonight. And so the whole time I'm working, I'm doing all my reports and doing all my responsibilities. But I'm thinking about us talking. What are we going to talk about? Exactly. Because you I'm, did because... your research, too. Oh, of course. Uh, of course. Was, <laughs> you did your research outside of uh, uh, us just playing together. You, you can tell you did your research based off of when I played. Yeah, man. Yeah. The years yeah. that I started and all that good stuff. And obviously, we was there in the moment. Yeah. But yeah. I tell you what, man, what brings me joy today is raising my kids my son my son is uh good lord he's much better than me at football already um uh and he's nine and uh and i i had to take a step back and think about that so oh yeah my wife is a, a d1 athlete too she he better be better than me uh, right uh, those, those genetics you got the good genetics right it, it, yeah. he better be better than me and it was yeah. cool to uh, i'm coaching him and being part of his process but teaching him that this is not who you are Exactly. At an early, at an early age, and that, that's so important. Yes, sir. That's so important. Yes, sir. So, last question: What would you say is Harold Dalton's after effect of his career? You know, what was some lessons that you learned from the wins and the losses and the injuries and the, the roadblocks, like we've been talking about this whole time? What were some lessons yeah. that you learned that you took 
and you ingratiate into your work ethic, uh, you know, with your company, and that you ingratiate into your family, to your sons, you know, really just as we try to push the culture forward. Yeah, man. Um, um, I'd tell you what, you, uh, and this is a great thing. And um, I, I, for a while there, I, I struggled with my, my, how I felt about co coach parents. But one thing that used to always resonate with me is that you lose more than you win. We used to talk about that all the time. You have more losses than you have wins, right? right. And um, I think after my after effect is that I continue to know that I'm going to have more losses than I have wins. And what I mean by losses is you're going to have more lessons learned right. uh, than your accomplishments. Right. And you have to learn from those lessons to get those right. accomplishments. Absolutely. And I, I think that's super important to me that I, I, I celebrate progress. I enjoy the process along the way. And um, uh, hard work pays off. And I, I think my, my effect of what I've been, like I said, it took... I was a three-year scout team guy to start it. Right. <laughs> and a lot of people can't say that. And there's exactly. guys out there that can say it. And the journey was I never gave up on myself. I never I knew that I could do the job if I kept pushing myself to be the best me. And I got the opportunity. And to be honest, when I got the opportunity, I started for 16 games, bro, in a row. Uh, yeah. And that <laughs> means a lot to me because yeah. – I knew it wasn't an easy journey and I knew the talent that was in front of me and it's always going to be people more talented than you is, but mm. what, dif what makes you different, different than yes. everybody else? Yes. You know what I'm saying? And, and like I said, back then when I, I got my opportunity, Jordan Bernstein, way better athlete. Uh, Lance Tillerson was a big beast, a hard hitter. I was <laughs> like, right. And I was like, right. what do I got? I was like, I'm not going to make mistakes. Anytime I get on this, practice feel anytime that coach coached me up I, he's never going to repeat the exact same mistakes that I did yesterday and I take that into my career path today and um my boss always say Harold I can tell you one thing and I'll never tell you again and I was like I learned that long time ago that uh I'm, you're never going to repeat yourself and if you did it's because I did I wasn't vulnerable enough to raise my hand and say I don't know and vulnerability is, has been the biggest thing for me to help me be successful um, till, till today because I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. Uh, and I think a lot of kids out here want to, you know, have their guard up right. and, and, and always say that I got this. And um, I think that's important to me. So absolutely, that's man. Man, I, I, I love that, bro. Um, that That is a super genuine and dope after effect man so yeah lastly i appreciate you carving out the time bro something that i've been trying to pride myself on um is you know giving guys flowers while we both still here man so you know top recruit um um you know was a starter in the big 10 at our alma mater man uh went through smart times but continued to fight now you're what uh senior director <laughs> for one of yes, the biggest sir. companies uh here man killing it raising your, your, your family and as a husband I just want to show you that love and kind of give you your flowers, you know, while we both sit here, eyes to eyes, men to men. Oh, same to you, bro. And I told you, your grind was very similar to mine. And there's so many people, it's more people like us uh, than those first rounders and those, those guys <laughs> that get drafted every day. Bro, right? yes. I mean, we, we're, and and I always say that uh, um, when people talk about, like, the, the bigger networks, like your uninterrupted and your player tribunes and stuff like that, 
I'm like, man, yes, we sir. are, we're the lion's share of the consumers that consume all that content. Because like you said, it, it's 99% of the guys don't ultimately make it or don't, they're not draft picks. That's, that's a yes, very sir. small 1%, man. So, and that's what I'm saying. Our stories still matter. And a lot of times we're not allowed or able to kind of rehash or relive those moments, man. So yeah, again, yes, sir. That's part about the time, man. Got your, num- got your number now, so we'll definitely stay Lock me in, bro. Yes, sir. Stay I got you touch. locked in. Uh, if you talk to Tay, uh, I told my tell him I reached out to a couple times, and uh, I uh, that's still my dog. We were roommates every yeah. game together. Uh, the little knucklehead, and he, he's uh, I love <laughs> everything that he's doing with his own company, being an entrepreneur, yeah. and all of this stuff, man. Yep. I continue to follow you guys, man. I told you, you guys was trend centers, trend centers, bro. We was the nine <laughs> inch tees was yeah. down to my ankles, <laughs> and, and y'all was that. already starting, you know, what I mean, get the, the, the fittings going, so yeah, much respect. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, um, let Tay too. know, you know, that you said, What's up, man? Uh, we, we do business together, he's actually my insurance broker. So yeah, like you said, uh, I'm oh, supporting black business, but we're doing business together right now, man. So yes, sir. Um, yeah. So we'll have a good night to your family. I said hello. You all stay safe in these weird times. Probably gonna have yes, a new sir. variant next next week. So y'all stay safe. It's already and, twelve uh, out there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So stay safe, man. Uh, yes. All right. Bless my brother. Love you, man. Right. Be safe, you too, bro. Be safe. All right. All right, guys. So yeah, that was, I thought that was a powerful episode seventy three with Harold. Obviously, if you listen to this whole um episode he's he has a really really powerful um story um if you've watched this entire episode on youtube please subscribe to lebron dane tv please like if you have a question please comment um if you're listening to this on any audio platform please leave us a review and and download our entire catalog um as you know audio listenership is one of the ways that we make money um i've been dragging my feet with that with the after effect merch but we got a logo. We found some t-shirts that we like that we feel like are going to be comfortable. Whether you're running errands or 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 you're working out at the gym, I think you all are going to really like it. So can't wait to launch those and try to get some support. So until the next time, peace.